This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of hey gordon another day another podcast how's it going it's going well, and uh, the Marketing Achievement Awards gathering momentum. I, I, as I said last, uh, our last chat, uh, I'm observing from the outside, so I get all the fun uh, without having to do the hard work because I know you're making big calls and big judgments right now, and uh, the caliber of uh, entrance is outstanding. So good luck to all the judges. This is a never easy part of the game. It isn't, Gordon, but I, mean, I think that's the nice part. And I, mean, I know you've judged, you've worked at Can, Lurie's, and, and, and big things as well. Um, you want it to be robust because it's, it's got to be defendable, you know, so that when somebody stops you, and they will, and they'll ask you, you know, you've got a scorecard. It's not just a thumb suck and it's not just a favorite. You know, it cannot be that. Yeah. I mean, on to today, uh, and it's the second finalist in our Rising Stars category, uh, the under 35, the top under 35. Um, young marketers in the country. And a big welcome, Taryn Jenks from Discovery. Taryn, welcome. Thanks very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Gordon, Doug, so great to be here. Thank you so much for featuring me on your podcast. Absolutely. And I mean, straight into it. I mean, firstly, I mean, it's, a, it's a wonderful accolade to get into the top five uh, young finalists uh, from Discovery. And so, um, so that's great. And I mean, you're the social media specialist. So let's just talk a little bit about your current job for our listeners and then equally importantly, your entry. If you can take us through the body of work, the body of evidence that you presented that got you to the stage. Absolutely. I, I'm incredibly honored to be, to be nominated as a rising star of the year. Um, and I think the work that I, that I put forward for the nomination was, was really an honor, but an incredibly important piece of work. So to sort of get into what I do every day, never a boring day in the office, quote unquote, in the office. We are in a hybrid working model, but definitely never a boring day. 
Um, so essentially, the Discovery social media team almost operates as an internal agency, if you will. So we closely collaborate with brand teams, with different business stakeholders, um, in order to really develop social media strategies um, that foster a deep sense of community. Our community on social media is incredibly important to us, but obviously to grow the brand um, and, and increase revenue. Um, so my specific role is really to look at all the different platforms in, this, in the world of social media um, and look at how we can optimize um, our content um, on those different social media platforms. So really coming up with marketing strategies end to end. Um, and a large function of this, as I'm sure you both know, is, is looking at the analytics. How did the content perform? What's happening on the social media platforms? How's the audience changing? How's the platform changing? Is the algorithm changing? Um, and really, you know, taking all these learnings, all this, this incredible analytics we have um, and applying it, you know, going forward to, to whatever our communication strategy is, is digitally. Um, I have been really, really honored um, to also be able to sit on an editorial board or an editorial team um, that looks at our executive digital communication strategy. So really, how are our CEOs of our business communicating um, to different digital audiences, um, specifically in the world of LinkedIn, which has been very exciting. Um, and then I suppose as the perfect sort of caveat into your next question, Doug, um, the body of work that we submitted um, was around the drive to vaccinate the nation. So we were given an incredible task um, as Discovery uh, to support the government on, on the national COVID-19 vaccination rollout. Um, and really, it was a journey uh, that sort of thrust us into a very interesting space uh, around how does digital media, traditional media, above the line sort of marketing really all come together as one um, in a way that we, we've never really done before within Discovery. So obviously, you know, as a brand or as a business, you have your business objectives, but suddenly we're supporting a national need a critical national need to get an entire country uh, vaccinated. Um, and we sort of had to look at from a social media perspective, really where, where are our audiences consuming critical information on social media um, in that way? Um, so, you know, from the executive strategy on LinkedIn, how, how were our business leaders communicating the importance to vaccinate um, you know, really around the, the trustworthiness of the vaccine um, to our TikTok strategy, which sort of had us on the other end. How do we get 18-year-olds who think they are completely immortal um, to, to really resonate with something as a vaccine in a, in a cool kind of trendy way? Um, which was, I mean, it was, it was the most incredible project I've ever worked on. I, I can't say in my lifetime I'll probably ever work on something of this scale ever again. Well, thanks. That's so a fascinating call. mix. Sorry, go on, Gordon. No, just fascinating mix. Um, and it occurred to me listening uh, to you there, Taryn, that, uh, you know, we all kind of get involved in planning these things, um, you know, and strategies are in place and then you roll them out and you implement. But, this was a narrative which was changing constantly on, on a daily basis. So, I mean, did you run sort of two tiers? Did you have the macro strategy and then sort of every, every you know, sort of morning meeting to, to see how you counted the, the counter narrative? I'd love to know, was there a double play? 
strategy and tactics, I suppose you might call it? Gordon, there was probably a, there was probably a triple or quadruple play <laughs> um, narrative. So I think, you know, it started sort of with, with the COVID-19 pandemic and communicating to people what, what was even happening in, in the beginning of the pandemic. What were kind of the numbers that we were seeing? Really, you know, how contagious was COVID-19? Wasn't it? What was the mask mandate? So it really came around um, our clinical team sort of briefing us every day to say, right, this is the data we're sitting on. This is the update we've seen from, from the National Department of Health, um, from the CDC, from, you know, all the, the clinical scientific experts. Right, how do we communicate this information now to a mass audience? And also, where are they sitting? Um, because not everybody's sitting on Facebook or not everyone's sitting on Twitter. So that was sort of the first, first stream of it all, is how do we constantly, and I'm talking three, four times a day, um, communicate with people as to where we were in this pandemic. Um, and then as sort of the vaccination um, campaign kicked off and we had the different cohorts um, around age groups, it, it really then became how do we tier the communication according to which cohort is now ready to be vaccinated, which cohort needs to start getting ready to be vaccinated, how do they go through the registration process, um, and then, obviously, how do we sort of address some of the myths that exist around the vaccination? Um, and how do we really build trust constantly um, in, in, our, in our community um, in order for them to trust us when we say, as the experts in this field, you know, we really we need to vaccinate this country. Um, so it, it did have a morning meeting. It had an afternoon lunch meeting, an evening meeting. Um, and, and just constant, you know, changing in, in communication tactics. Uh, we, we, we didn't sleep <laughs> for a few months, um, but, but it really was, um, as you say, you had to be incredibly dynamic and flexible as you communicated um, and based on what, you know, what was coming out every day. I mean, certainly agile. And I mean, well done to you, your team, Discovery, for the efforts, you know, both on social media, as well as the physical vaccination sites. And it was an incredible piece of, of, of work on a national basis, you know, hand in, in glove, I guess, with government and, and all the relevant bodies. So, so well done. And as you say, you know, um, a strange time in everyone's lives, but a time that, you know, you gravitated and did really good work as an organization yourself and your team. Talking of trust, and I know, Gordon, I'm going to hand this one over to you. I know trust is big in, in, in your life. Uh, and in terms of Edelman barometers and social media and just media in general. So um, I know you want to chat a little bit about trust. And then, Taryn, what I'm going to do is I want to circle back then to something about exposure and your, as a young person, your exposure to your upper echelons with executive briefings and executive comms and, and not just Adrian Gore, but your total leadership team. So I want to get on to that point, but let's talk trust first with Gordon. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to hear that. Um, managing uh, managing the management uh, and their trigger figures on 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 Twitter, and <laughs> I can't wait for that actually. But you know, the trust thing for me is 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 something which has emerged in the last two years in any one of a number of reports. Um, and the Edelman uh, Trust Barometer is a good benchmark because you can look back uh, at the movement over the last couple of years. But as we look at it in 2022. You know, I mean, we go through uh, government uh, uh, information, my company's information. The most trusted source of information is my company, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but traditional media sat in the, the, the trusted uh, 
lost about three percentage points year on year, but it's still about 12, 15% higher in terms of overall trust and social media. So the volume of social media that goes out there is, is extraordinary. We understand that TikTok, I think, uh, is now recently laying claim to 11.9% reach of the entire global population. That's an extraordinary figure. Um, but how do you balance the, you know, that trust, that erosion of trust? Do you just put out more messages and hope that, you know, the wastage, so to speak, is compensated by more messages? But Or, or is there a way of ranking social media? What, what, what are the triggers? What are the tricks you use as a professional in this space to to reassure me, and I, I was a, a, I'm a discovery customer, so I, I went the whole route, you know, from the social media through my personal communication. Uh, my vaccinations were at discovery. So, I mean, I had a good experience of the holistic nature of it. But how do you manage it? How do you foster trust in what now appears to be the least trusted media platform, social media? <clears throat> I mean, Gordon, that's a great question. And I think it's incredibly tricky when you also have, um, you know, platforms such as Facebook where the algorithm is working very hard against you. So I think, I think the angry emoji or the angry reaction works eight times harder than any other uh, reaction on, on the platform. So, you know, when you already have sort of the platform algorithm kind of favoring negative heated content over maybe slightly more passive you know, honest content, it's already quite tricky. Um, and I think for us, you know, a, a huge learning we had and, and really enter in from what do we put out on organic social media to what do we put out in a paid social media space to how we service our members and our clients on social media. Um, we, we've learned an incredible amount over the last few years. And really, it's around transparency being transparent, being highly communicative at all times. Um, you know, we, we sometimes got the odd comment, specifically during the COVID-19 sort of peak time, where people said, you, you're telling us everything all the time. Like, we, all we do is hear from you. And we, and we made a very, very conscious decision to communicate with people three times a day um, as to where we were in, in, in the COVID-19 sort of stats and pandemic and, and what decisions were being made. Um, so I think it's, for us, it's really around looking at the entire ecosystem on social media um, and, and assigning incredibly trustworthy voices to our, our discovery platforms. And let me explain to you what I mean. For us, um, when, it came to, when it comes to putting our clinical information, we will only have the top clinical experts talk on social media um, about clinical information, as an example. Um, so really, it's around aligning ourselves with who are the thought leaders um, in their field, not just choosing the person with the loudest voice or the biggest engagement rates or the highest following. We are very, very critical with who we actually partner with um, to communicate on social media. That's, that's the first one. Um, secondly, we've really realized the value of the voice of leadership. Um, and I think, you know, having your CEO be brave enough to stand up on a social media platform and really know that they're going to get, be it anti-vaxxers, be it uh, you, you, political uh, flashbacks, whatever it may be, really being brave enough to be communicative, transparent and honest on something as public as social media. So the voice of the CEO for us has really become paramount. Um, to how we do things um, across social media at Discovery.
Very interesting. Yeah, I must say the the voice of of leadership. Uh, maybe we should just take a few notes and send them through to the uh, the leadership of BA Comair. An interesting counterpoint of a, as a discussion in terms of the voice or the absence of the voice of leadership. But Doc, you want to loop it back, I know, to, to some of the earlier points. No, no but absolutely, absolutely. Sorry, I didn't yeah. want to bring up the comma example, um, <laughs> but I think, but I think that's a really good example of where you saw um, a, a, not only is leadership and the brand and the business go quiet. And that's really where people start to, that, that trust um, is immediately then sort of broken. Social media is a fast space. You have to be responding to people 30 minutes maximum. At least just tell them that you hear what they're saying. You're, you're working on a resolve, but you hear them. You're there. You're listening. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Wow, that's interesting. So you monitoring, I mean, is that really a, a rule of thumb that you, that you find is, is, is appropriate? A 30-minute response? Is that your sort of response line? That is our absolute maximum first response. Wow, um, that, that's incredible. Time. Yeah, so obviously not to resolution, but 30 no. minutes is sort of our servicing maximum of you should have a response to say we hear you, we see you, we're working on it within absolute 30, 30 minutes max. Wow, okay, that, that's really fascinating. Well, I mean, speaking of that, Taryn, I see how quickly, um, you know, with that sad demise of, of Kami uh, Gordon, Taryn, your, your company on the Vitality side, I think it is, has already partnered with another airline to make up for that so that the consumer still feels, you know, they have, although now limited choice because of airlines, not no fault of yours, they've still got the opportunity to use their points and, and their, their shared value, which is obviously a key principle. Uh, so well done on that. Taryn, just talking again as, as a young person, your exposure to the top names, you know, uh, the ability to work closely and part of your submission, and I had the benefit of reading it, is that you do work very closely uh, with, amongst others, Adrian Gore, who's just such a, a sort of visible leader, if you like, uh, so closely linked to the group. Let's just talk a little bit about that and the benefit to you, how that's growing you in terms of maturity, confidence, uh, et cetera, as, as a young Rising star? Absolutely. I mean, I think I think the biggest sort of blessing for me working for Discovery has really been around quite a flat structure within within the organization. Um, I remember the first time I was ever exposed to sort of Adrian was when I was still in the reputation management team. Um, I must have been 24 years of age and I sat in a, a sort of a media briefing um, with him and, and he, he turned to me and he said, but you know, you're a young person on Vitality. What do you think? And I thought, do you do you truly want to hear my thoughts? <laughs> um, and he was so so perceptive to to listening to to what I had to say. So I must say, within the discovery organisation, it it is largely a flat structure. And um, being exposed to that level of leadership from from the time I joined um, has impacted me so much. And I think specifically, if I look at um, sort of this Gen Z era, where we're working for an organisation of purpose has really become paramount. Um, and I start to see it, you know, with more young people joining the business. It is so important for us to understand, coming to work every day, what is our purpose within that company? What is the company's purpose? What is our purpose? Um, and having that exposure to leadership to, to really be able to hear purpose in action every day um, it has just it's cemented my loyalty within the company. I've been there for almost a decade and 
and at 31, that's quite a long time. Um, but, but yeah, definitely having that ability to really understand purpose in action, that it's not just a payoff line that you hear every now and again in an annual results. Um, it, it's, that's been incredible for, for me. That, that's great. And I think, you know, I mean, again, you know, the work, uh, Gordon and I'm also a, a, a customer of Discovery on some of their verticals. I mean, we've got so many businesses and well done to, uh, I just see the, the, the landmark that you've gone through on the banking product now. I saw Hilton put out some stuff uh, two days ago, or at least you would have worked with him to put out the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but at least it's out there, time yes, and, and well done. Um, the point is, you know, it's nice to, to see, although we're not in the inside, you know, we see some of that visible work out there, you know, so uh, sometimes I can't see the insurance, but I can see the potholes being fixed uh, down the road and yeah. so on and so on. So, so that's great. And it gives you, as you say, you know, a young lady, 31 years old, a sense of, of pride and, and, and doing stuff, of getting something done. Now, Taryn, did I see correctly the other day, you were chatting to the number one in the bookstore, was that, was that right? You were chatting to the president? I was chatting to the president in the balloon store. <laughs> oh, was it a balloon store? I thought it was, was, it I thought it was a bookstore, but it doesn't matter. You were chatting. It, I wish it was a bookstore. And, you, and what were you saying to him? I, funnily enough, you asked. I was actually asking him who, who manages his LinkedIn profile. I thought it'd be a little bit opportunistic. Um, and I know he is quite visible on LinkedIn. So I wanted to know sort of who's the team behind it. Um, and would he need any help ever? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> very opportunistic but um what a what a what a strange but wonderful but scary experience um especially you know then posting that on linkedin um it was also very interesting to sort of see how the adrians and the hiltons feel when you post something on linkedin and you sort of get the clap back from from some of the audience so um it was, it was a very interesting discussion um needless to say i won't be managing linkedin anytime soon but <laughs> He's got a team. <laughs> he's got. He's going to need his team. Uh, you know, for the G seven uh, going on right now, and us about in the next whenever you know, few minutes to crash out in glorious into glorious Eskom induced darkness. Uh, maybe you should have Absolutely. chipped in on his G seven uh, team and see if we can give him some help there. Absolutely, but it goes back to the points around sort of timeless communication and, and and being honest and transparent and open. You know, at all times on platforms as as you know, broad as broad as LinkedIn. Yeah. Just coming back to the various platforms and social media. I mean, uh, there seem to be some natural fits. I mean, I can get uh, vitality. You know, I mean, uh, lots of visuals of of the doc sweeping down the slopes of Austria and his leotard. You know, I mean, these are these are things to which we all aspire. But there must be portions of the. Uh, of the offering, which just don't fit with, you know, social media. I mean, is there, is there some part of the offering which is so functional that it doesn't belong there? Or can you just curate it and make it interesting? No, absolutely. I mean, there have really been times where we've sort of had to dig deep um, in order to, to figure out, you know, is there a way to sort of amplify the narrative without, you know, seeming contrived? A, a good example of that is actually around the work we do with the Discovery Foundation. Um, so essentially, the Discovery Foundation works to support uh, medical doctors um, in the public healthcare sector. 
um, and and specifically helping them specialize in in fields where South Africa you know is desperate for those specialities without them sort of going internationally and and I kept thinking as we were working on the strategy you know how do we how do we tell this really beautiful story and it really is an incredible narrative without seeming sort of CSI contrived uh, you know big corporate kind of giving back um, and I think for us you know we we did a test we, we used LinkedIn just because it was a safer platform for us in that sense uh, with something that we go out with called Foundation Fridays and it's really around and it goes back to Adrian's message around remaining optimistic about your country, remaining optimistic about South Africa. Um, and by putting this content out on a Friday specifically on LinkedIn, where, you know, people are sort of information overload from the week. They want something a bit more feel good going into the weekend. It's some of our best performing content that we've actually ever put out. Um, so there are times where, where it feels like a very hard fit Another example was actually the vaccination stuff on TikTok. I will never forget when we worked with our influencer agency, Tilt, and they came to us and they said, listen, we've got these fantastic young content creators. I suddenly felt very old. Um, and they said, you know, they, they, they're already super passionate about getting this country vaccinated. And this is how they're going to do it. And they came to us with a storyboard. And I thought, how am I going to sit in an exco and tell them, we're going to have young content creators dance their way through our vaccination site in order to drive vaccination registrations. How, how am I going to do this? Um, so there are times where, where we've had to be brave and we've had to test. And, and in those two cases, we came out successfully. But there's also been times where it should probably never have been on social. And, and we've bumped our heads. But we love testing. We have to test. I'm, I'm a big fan of testing. 100%. 100%, not nearly enough testing going on on all media platforms. The test marketing for me is, a, is the most underutilized tool of all. Uh, Doc, I'm throwing it back to you now. Yeah, just, I mean, just, uh, Taryn, talking about tools, Ari Kelman was one of the finalists last year. Uh, I, I saw that. Yeah, so it was nice. And we actually, Gordon, we, we, met, we had an in-studio uh, interview with him then, not, not on a Zoom one. So it was great also to chat to him as a young guy, uh, doing some really creative stuff with some fantastic brands, including including yours. Taryn, just changing tact a little bit and looking forward to a little bit of advice from you uh, for other people out there. What should they be looking at? How should they be upskilling? I'm talking young marketers in particular. And uh, what is what is the skill for today and tomorrow that you believe is paramount? I mean, I wish I could tell you to study something, right? Um, I, I wish I could tell you to sort of, institutionalized and, and, and formalized. But the scariest thing that I think I have found in young marketers is sort of going into a world in marketing with a lack of, with a lack of courage um, and willing to try and again, test new things. So it sort of goes back to my theory of testing. There's been many a campaign I've worked on where, where I've spoken to young marketers I've recommended possibly using a TikTok or an Instagram reel, whatever it may be, and they don't even use the platform. They've never even touched the platform. Um, so then you're sort of going in sensitively because you don't understand how that platform works. So I think testing gives you courage, and I'm all about making sort of data-driven decisions. So I think by simply using a platform yourself, going out with your own content, and I'm just going to speak to social media because that is my speciality, but 
but really going out with your own content, seeing how one piece of content performs over another on your personal platform, getting the data to make a more informed decision um, is really one of the best, best, best ways that, that we can upskill young marketers um, to sort of understand the world of social media where they, where they need to. Um, it also helps them, you know, go into a briefing session or a, a pitch session with a lot more um, gravitas if they've got some of the data to sort of go on the back of. We obviously, are, we're a marketing department pretty much made up of actuaries. So <laughs> going in with data-driven decisions is really where, where we're at. Um, but secondly, and I think, you know, slightly more on the softer skill, understanding that in today's world of marketing, the young voice are really the ones that are making the impact. Uh, I have never worked with such talented young people, just unbelievably smart, intuitive people as I have um, in the marketing department at Discovery that, that, that's majority young, young marketers. Um, so I think as a young marketer, don't think your voice is, is, is under-trained or under-skilled or you haven't had enough exposure. The young voice is really the ones that um, we need to be listening to in order to move the needle. The impact is incredible. Thanks. Just a quick question. Uh, yeah, sorry, Doc, just a quick question. Um, to loop back slightly, you're talking about, you know, learning and, and, and agility and young people. Are models like the POE model, the pay, don't earn thing, and I can lob share on the end of that, are they helpful or, or are they actually counterintuitive in the sense that they, they're sort of, they're almost compartmentalizing the uncompartmentalizable? Absolutely. Uh, and it's a, it is a tough one. Um, it, it's a tough one because we still use the model in terms of reporting for a slightly older audience who maybe doesn't have the deep understanding of how complex and intertwined this, this digital marketing ecosystem is. So we are still sort of using it as a reporting basis. Um, however, having said that, it is an ecosystem. So organic social media or traditional media can tell a beautiful story and invite unbelievable audience engagement. But if you don't have that paid element to, to amplify that content, you know, you, you're remiss. Um, so we, we do try view it as an entire ecosystem using the POE model to, to sort of make a case because it is so difficult to quantify sentiment, right? Um, and everyone wants to understand what are the numbers, what are the numbers? So using it almost as a, as a draw card into further explanation into the complexities. Um, but we definitely try to be far more agile than just the POE model. But sometimes we need it as the little slip in the door to make the numbers make sense. No, that's a great answer. Thank you. Great. Uh, Taryn, as we're moving towards the end, and unfortunately, uh, you know, all good things have to end. This is a fantastic chat. I really want to say well done for getting this far and all the best you know, as we're going into, as Gordon said, the judging, and it's a, it's not a simple process. Um, last question from my side, if people want to engage with you, I know you, you obviously on social media, can you just tell us how they get hold of you and how they can, can chat with you and share ideas? Sure. So the best way would probably be LinkedIn. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, it's Taryn Candice Janks. Um, alternatively, lots of Instagram usage. So you can find me at Taryn underscore Kerr, K-E-R-R on Instagram. 
Wonderful. And now, besides the president, who's already got all of those on his list of favorites, if you, and we always say that, Gordon, every week, you know, it's not just about us having a great chat with a fantastic guest. It's for our listeners out there, you know, to be part of the conversation. Get hold of Taryn Jenks on LinkedIn or Taryn underscore Kerr on, on Insta and be part of the conversation. So, Gordon, I'm going to leave you to close out. Taryn, all the best. Uh, for you know, for uh, the awards, and uh, yeah, Gordon, I'll leave you to close out. Yeah, again, just to encourage all the, the young marketers out there, you know, we, we, we chatted earlier this week with uh, another of the rising stars, and, and, and the point was made that you know, subjecting yourself to the, the scrutiny of your peers is never easy, but you know, the Gretzky principle applies you, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, so. To all, you know, thank you for taking the shot and just encourage all young marketers out there, take the shot, you know. Who knows what, what's going to happen? But, you know, Taryn, thank you so much. Uh, it's really been a fascinating uh, uh, conversation. Thank you so much for joining us uh, this, uh, this afternoon. Uh, really, really worthwhile. Thank you both. And, yes, to all the marketers, the young marketers, let's connect. Let's discuss. Let's debrief. Let's understand where the pain points are in our businesses. Where, what excites us. I think the more we collaborate with our minds, the, the better our marketing skills will be for all of us individually. So Absolutely. thank you both for the time. Cognitive diversity is what this industry needs more than anything else. And uh, to all our listeners out there, please y'all take that as an invitation to join in the conversation. And uh, until next time, just uh, keep talking. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond and hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Muller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.